Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue our verse-by-verse study through the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. The title of this sermon is The Equipping of the Saints for the Work of the Ministry, Part 1. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. It's very important you understand that. Your job is not to attend just to be a fan. How many of you watch football on Sunday and go, man, I think I could get one more run in. I could probably catch a pass, right? Like he's not wanting you to be a spectator. He's saying, come, come down from the stands. Don't sit on the bench. Come get on the field. That's the work of the church. That's the work of the body of Christ and the measurements of the gifts that are given. Now, We won't have time to get into each one of the gifts, but there is a teaching that I did last summer, uh, a book by Lloyd Pulley called Under His Influence, Under Under His Influence, Yielding to the Power and the Work of the Holy Spirit. And there's, there's a whole teaching in there on the gifts. You can read 1 Corinthians 12. Romans chapter 12, and as we look at, you know, the different gifts of, of healing and, and, and the gifts of speaking in tongues, and, and uh, you think about the gift of helps, uh, you have the gifts of, of, of encouraging and giving. Oh, Lord, we need more people to have the gift of giving. See, I think what we do is, is I, when I, I know people that have the gift of giving, it's like when they, as soon as they give it out, they get more. Because that's just their heart. That's just their heart. And, and so that's, that's when we think about these gifts, every one of these gifts can be given to the, the uh, given by the, by the Spirit of God. And, and, and they're, they're God's idea. He's the source of it. And Jesus is the head of it, head of the church. And so he's, he, he did this for us as he finished the work on Calvary. As he was resurrected, he was ascended and ultimately uh, glorified. Now, one of the things we do want to just stress here for, for Calvary Chapel, we take a very balanced approach when it comes to the gifts. Okay, we're not Pentecostal. So we don't expect you to start dancing and running down the halls or, or you know, barking like a dog. We don't do none of that stuff. Because if we're doing worship, you're bringing attention to yourself. And worship is to who? God. Right? If you speak in tongues, you won't do that here, not unless there's an interpreter. Somebody has to have the, the, the gift of interpretation. I, I'm sorry. Now, you speaking in tongues to God yourself, personally, that's on you. I mean, but when it comes to... You know, if we do an afterglow or something like that, there has to be somebody that has the gift of interpretations. 
Because again, who does it glorify if you do it and there's no, and then you're just, nobody understands it. And so those things are, we take a very balanced approach to that. So just, you know, FYI, if you ever wonder about the, the way that we do, I think for some reason Calvary Chapel has been, uh, they think we're Pentecostal or something, but we're not. We take a, ba- a very balanced approach to everything when it comes to theology. And so that's, that's how we are. Uh, verse 8 says, Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. So he ascends uh, means he goes up, and he describes Jesus ascending into heaven. So Jesus now has victory over Calvary, over sin, over Satan, and over the world. And the captivity of captive is like you can be set free, choosing to follow him. In Psalm 68, 18, it says, and this is the verse that Paul is, is quoting here in, in this, this portion of Scripture in, in Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verse 8, it's, uh, Psalm 68, 18. You have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. You've received gifts among men. Even more rebellious, the Lord, might, the Lord God might dwell there. And so what this is, is Paul's referring to this as these are the spoils of war. So now Christ is the one who doles out the gifts. He gives out the gifts to each member of his followers. And, and, and so Paul is suggesting that as Christ conquered the enemies, these are the gifts. In verse 9 it says, Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. Verse 10, he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fall, uh, fill all things. Now, one of the things that we do know that some commentaries and some people believe that he, he descended into hell, and Jesus ascended into and was exalted after the resurrection before he descended. We know that the word became flesh in John chapter 1, verse 14. And he went to the lower parts of the earth. Now, for me... I've, I've been to L.A. And you may not have any clue what I'm talking about. Right? What I mean by L.A., the lower parts of the earth. Not that. Alabama, lower Alabama. I've been to L.A. They call it L.A. And so that's what he's referring to as he's talking about the earth. Just so you have a picture of that. It's like there's Alabama, then there's lower Alabama. Right? I, I know there's, there's a lot more to that, and I'll leave that be, because we have Californians here, and I don't want to insult them, right? Um, praise God that hopefully, you know, the Lord will do a mighty work there, because there are a lot of great pastors that are teaching in that area. Uh, Col- Colossians chapter 2, verse 15 says, Having disarmed the principalities and the powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. And so this passage is just reminding us that we can't get lost in the forest and the trees, that we have to remember that it's Christ that conquered sin, Christ that conquered death, Christ that conquered Satan, that we already have victory, that he is the head of the church, and that we are members of the body of Christ. There, the, the debt has been paid, and, and all of that was canceled out on the cross. And so Christ now only is... is takes care of the followers of Christ, but he also is the head of the church. And he's the one who decides the gifts and who gets the gifts and what gift they get. In verse 11, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists, 
and some pastors and teachers. And we see in, at, that he gives the gifts. And the word there in the Greek actually means that the, the greater emphasis on the character of the gift. Right? The word apostle that we see here, these would have been those that specifically saw Jesus. And Paul was one of these apostles that saw Jesus. Remember, Paul, he gets knocked off his horse. Not just physically, but spiritually as well. Because he was following religion. He was trying to kill the people of the way. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. Paul was called to take the gospel to the Gentiles. God had a work for him to do, and, and Christ sought Paul out. Next, the prophets that we have is when we think about prophets, we think about the Old Testament prophets. The Old Testament prophets would foretell the kingdom of what was going to happen to the nation of Israel, what would happen to the kings and the kingdoms, what would happen to death, but also the most important thing and the thing that's covered throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, the Messiah. That's what the Old Testament prophets always pointed to. The prophets of the apostolic age actually deals with those that were apostles that worked with the prophets. When there was a famine on the land, we saw the prophets come and let them know in Acts chapter 11, verse 27. In these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch, and they were to let them know about the famine. And so the purpose of that prophecy is, is not just for curiosity about the future, but to stir up the hearts of God to do God's will. Do we have people that have the gift of prophecy? We have people that, that receive, I believe, words of revelations or words of wisdom, but everything that operates today has to be tested 100% to the inerrancy of the Word of God. The Bible is without error. And if the prophet has error, he is not a prophet. And you need to escort him out that door. And we've done that before at our last church. We had a prophet come in and said he was a prophet. And yet he was sleeping with somebody in the Philippines and he was a single man. And I was like, how can a prophet be a sinful man? And he went from person to person in our men's study to try to stir up division. And, you know, I, I've been with Joe for many years, and I've never heard him teach anything that was wrong. My kids, some of my kids still attend that church. But that man told me, you know, your, your pastor's teaching unbiblical. And I said, okay, when and where? Because I do his radio. I listen to it like three times. Give me the example and tell me where. Couldn't give it. I said, okay, come on. Let's go talk to Joe. And it went sideways from there. And then we had to escort the prophet out the door as he decided to get a little physical. And luckily, I'm in the Army, so I, I was ready to get physical as well. And to the point where one of the pastors had to grab me, because I had kids. We had children's ministry outside. So I lifted him up. And pushed him out the door. And then my son, Matt, was right behind me grabbing him. And then as I got outside, that's when whatever 
biblical thing or whatever, sin entered at that point. Because at that point, I'm looking and trying to size him up going, okay, where am I going to hit him? And that's not godly. And it's one of the pastors, Pastor Joel, praise God for him, came over, Mike, come on, let's go, go back inside. And, and so, you know, it tells you how quickly, you know, we, we can't control. You know, I always hear people talk about, you know, you, you can have that anger, but it's, no, you can't. You can't. You can't control that. It's sin. But it's the reality of it is that there are people that will try to say they're prophets, but you need to test it to the Word of God. 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 instructs us, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. And I will tell you next week, we will be dealing with many false prophets. Okay? We will get knee-deep into that next week as we talked about being tossed to and fro. I was listening to the Christian Worldview this morning. It was on. So if you listen to Sun Salt Light Radio, the app is available now in uh, the Apple App Store and the Android Store. It's our radio station. Eventually, we will get an antenna. Uh, we're working on the FCC license right now uh, to have a low-impact uh, antenna for this area. So it'll be about a 25-mile radius. Um, Pastor Dan is on the radio. Pastor Leonard is going to be added to the radio here soon. And Dan Yurte is going to be on there and, um, you know, as, as we move forward. But the Christian worldview was talking this morning about Gaiism. How many of you know what Gaiism is? That's the belief in, in the God of, of creation. That, that they believe in creation over the Creator. And a lot of Christians are being tossed to and fro and following this stuff. And we'll get knee-deep into that next week. And, and that's important for us to... You need to know those things. And, and it's because they're, they're using Scripture as a weapon. And I've told you, and the reason why I had the Gideons here, is I've told y'all, if it's up to the WEF, these Bibles, this will be the only Bible that you will have. Because once they start messing with the AI on this, because they're already doing it in, in China, and they're looking at doing it to where, you know, I told y'all the guy is Israeli, he's a, he's a homosexual, and he's trying to, he said, I can fix the Bible. You need to run from that. And if he has the AI to try to fix the app to do what he wants to do, he'll rewrite it. And the only Bibles that you're going to have are the ones that those Gideons passed out and the ones that you personally own. And you need to have a Bible. Times are changing. And, and we need to be ready for it. So prophets will come, but you need to test them. Evangelists, though, we talked about you know, Ryan Reese, we talked about going out and sharing the good news of the gospel. Uh, an evangelist is almost like an obstetrician. They bring the child of God uh, into the, the kingdom of God. It's done by Jesus Christ, and, and they, they lead them through the word of God, through scripture, sharing the gospel. And then they pass them off to the pastor teacher who's like a pediatrician. I heard Warren Worsby talk about that, and, and he's like, you're, you're like a, a, a child, uh, you're, as a pastor, you're, you're caring for that child and raising them up in the Lord. That's what our job is as pastors, teachers. And pastor, teachers t- doesn't mean two offices. It's one offices with two sides. 
A pastor is a shepherd, and the teacher is the one who instructs. The pastor shepherd is, is, is teaches his flock by using the Word of God and shepherds his flock with the Word of God. And we use the Bible as our rod, our staff, to guide and to lead the flock into green pastures. Sadly, pastors are under attack today. Over 1,700 pastors lead the ministry every month. Every month. They get burned out. They get discouraged. They get beat up. They get criticized. It happens. The good news is you have a pastor who was rejected by Apple 21 times, so I have a lot of tenacity. We tried to get that app through, and it was like they kept rejecting it, rejecting it. I was like, okay, what do we need to do now? What do we need to do now? Let's keep going. That's how my pastor was. It's like, let's, what, do you, what is your main job every week? Teach the Word of God. Let the Word of God transform lives. Shepherd them. Be there for them. Walk with them. Walk with life with them. You know? And what do we do? Verse 12, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The equipping and the edifying of the body of Christ. I think it's important, you know, as you look at these gifts and, and those things, you see the number of times the word he gives, right? Christ gives. But now you see that it's for the equipping of the saints and for the edifying of the body of Christ. So leaders are in the church are, are to prepare God's people for the works of service. And we do that through sound doctrine and, and through the Word of God. Building up in the body of Christ as saints together. Serving with one another. It's, we're, we're equipping you with the words for service. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, it says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. That is what is right. For reproof, for that is what is not right. For correction, that is how we get right. For instruction in the righteousness, that's how we stay right. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, Mike could not come up with that on his own. That is the wonderful world of Warren Worsby. I love that. Because it's profitable for doctrine. That is what is right. The Word of God. And then for reproof, for that's what is not right. That's how you know what's not right in this world. And for correction, if you're in a place where you need correction, that's how you get right. And then for instruction for righteousness, that's how to stay right. And he's telling you all these things, the Word of God is to equip, equip you for every good work. We're not saved by works. We're saved by faith through grace. And, uh, but we are prepared for good works. And when this is being done and the body of Christ is being edified, the body is moving in one fluid motion. But when the body is off balance, and only part of the church is using their gifts, they haven't opened them, or you have too much of one thing, you can have a church that all, their whole focus is what? Evangelism. That's all they do. So you got one leg that's two feet longer than the other leg. 
How's that going to work? It's going to be very difficult, right? If their only focus is missions, same thing. If their only focus is, is social issues within the community, same thing. It has to be balanced. That's why we get involved with evangelism. That's why we're, we're going back to the high schools. As long as they let us go and share the gospel of Jesus Christ, we're going. But that's not our sole focus. We have missionaries that we support in this little church in Abkhazia, Georgia. In Iguapato, Mexico. We support sex trafficking and human trafficking through a ministry, the work that's being done through Christina Brudeau, part of the Whosoever's. We also support our brother Austin Carlisle, who's part of the whosoever's who's going out and sharing the gospel. So yeah, we're focused on missionary too. Are we focused on social issues within the community? Yeah, we care about Divine Food Pantry. We have people that serve here on this food pantry from this church. We're part of the food bank distribution that gets done every Monday here at the beginning of the month. Mission Divine. South Texas Ministerial Fellowship. There has to be a balanced approach of all these things as a church. But I also need to take the temperature of the church because if the body does too much, it gets what? Fatigued. You can have too many things going on at one time and you'll kill the body. It'll be, it, what I mean by that is you'll be wiped out. And, and it has to be done over time. And so it's very important for us as we, as I pray about what, our, what our, our challenge is as a church to move forward as a church and to exercise these gifts is to make sure that we're doing them as God has given them and that we're led by God to do these different ministries. That's why I ask you all to pray about these things. And that's why prayer is so important for the church. So as we look at the measurements of the church, is your church one that was built upon square footage? You got more focused on the building and beautifying the building and not the people inside? Did you get more focused on the budget? We need to have more money in the savings. You never know what's coming. We're a little church, man. I'm like, whatever we could do, let's do it. Praise God. I look at us like the early church. I'm like, Lord, if you want us to go there, let's go. You know? And y'all have been gracious in doing that. And partner with us as we do those things. Do we look at the people? Oh, man, we could fill every one of these seats up. That'd be awesome. That's the prayer. But I don't want every one of these seats filled up if there's just people attending church on Sunday. I want you growing. That's my job as a shepherd. Is to see, I want to see you grow in Christ. I want to see, you know, the biggest problem we have is Bible inerrancy is, is that we do not open the Word of God. We're illiterate when it comes to God's Word. That's why people are being taken to and fro. 
into all these false doctrines. Christians supporting abortion. Christians supporting LGBTQ. Are these other social issues? And you, you want to, the, the fun part of it is, and the Green New Deal and all that stuff, they're all intertwined together. And they're all being made to work together so that way it deals with your emotions and your feelings. And if you have anything that goes against it, you're a racist, you're a bigot. I'll be all those things, but I'm a, I'm, I'm a child of God. But if you don't open the Word of God, you're not going to grow. Well, I don't have time. I, my day is so busy. <laughs> you need to get rid of some things in your day. You need to make time for God. Remember, it's not about the building. It's not about the budget. And it's not about the number of people that attend the church. It's about whether or not we're growing together, staying on mission, making disciples, sharing the gospel, and baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Walking life together so that He may increase and you may decrease. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 